Welcome. Another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Got a great episode coming today with Emily Kless, who's at uh, Tops, and she's going to tell us all about how she got there, what she's excited about. But I have other sponsors besides Tops. Tops has been a charter sponsor and uh, was obviously my first card I ever collected. And I, I go way back. Actually, I go back with several regimes within Tops. So uh, not necessarily. Uh, let's just say they're tied for my favorite companies. Uh, but I also have Panini. I also have Upper Deck and Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, a couple of great auction companies, a couple of really interesting card shops, Burbank Sports Cards with Rob Veras and Mike Fruitman's Stadium Sports Cards, and then a couple of data companies, uh, diversified data companies, Tom C. over in Seattle, and then my former or my successor company, Beckett Media, doing a lot of grading, a lot of authentication, uh, but obviously the price guides, the books and magazines, and lots of other good stuff going on over there. But today, we're going to talk about Emily and uh, her arrival at Tops with great fanfare. How you got there, Emily? Welcome, Emily Kless. All right. Thanks so much for having me on, Jim. And uh, listen, hopefully by the end of this, Tops is no longer tied for number one. I'm, go I'm going for that number one spot for this for this interview with you today. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I, there, they were absolutely number one in 1956 when I bought my first card. There you go. There you go. No, I mean, you, you have some great sponsors. And of course, at the end of the day, we just uh, we come together as a hobby and we celebrate you know, collecting and, and trading cards. So, uh, no, happy to be here. Thank you again for having me on and looking forward to this conversation today. What's, what's your background, Emily? You, you seem like you're jumping in with both feet into a, into a, a, a hobby that's, uh, that's kind of on a roll. You bet. It is, it is alive and thriving right now, which is so incredibly inspiring. But uh, my, my background, I've been at Tops for close to three years now. And I actually began in our digital division with our mobile apps, right? So you can oh, own and trade digital wow. trading cards right from the palm of your hand, which of course yeah. is very different from physical cards and, and the nature that yeah. we know them and have known them. Um, but I was working with our digital apps team, great group of guys down there. And uh, this position opened up recently and I've kind of evolved yeah. into the role, still learning a lot, but I'm incredibly excited to be here. Are you are you shaping your role a little bit because of your background compared to Sue's? Sure, it's. Are, are uh, you having latitude? Uh, I'm just wondering. It's. Yeah, I mean, the no, the, 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 the whole thing is moving so fast. Uh, maybe you're. It's moving quick. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's moving quickly and it's ever evolving, right? So you, yeah. you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow, and that's kind of the exciting part of it too. Is there's always something new. Uh, turning around the corner, uh, there's always something to look forward to. Uh, talking about Topps' plans for 2020 and what have you. I mean, there's lots going on here, and uh, it's a really exciting time to be a part of Topps, and and it's a really exciting time to be a collector and be a part of the hobby as a whole. Are you? Uh, do, do you regard your position as marketing or PR or? Yeah, I, th I think a little bit all of the above. Both. Yeah, all the above. <laughs> um, it is housed within the marketing department here at Tops, okay. uh, but the the position itself is titled communications manager. So that is a little bit everything PR related to marketing related. 
how much of that is social media and how much of that is traditional media? You know, it's interesting as social media has evolved into the beast that it is today, so to speak. Um, the, the lines have almost crossed or blurred a little bit. Um, social media is just really driving the conversation. But, um, we, you know, of course, tops is rooted in that, that classic and traditional media because it is such, um, you know, a deep rooted and historic brand. Um, so tops, I think as a whole is kind of evolving along with the times. And I mean, you see that even with just our, our digital division and the, and the uh, mobile apps that you can trade trading cards on. Um, so I think tops is really evolving in, all facets of the business from the product itself to the way that, um, you know, we're marketing and we're putting out communications. Social media has just become such a larger part of that conversation now. Well, the digital, uh, is, is a first mover advantage. You can, by the time you're trying to publish something, it could be uh, out and all over the place through some of these uh, digital <laughs> platforms. Absolutely. You nailed it. You know, the previous regimes of TOPS were, were probably not as uh, leading edge on uh, adopting new things. And it seems like lately TOPS is, uh, has, has gotten much more aggressive. I mean, they were, they were, um, always been very mainstream, but it, it seems like they're, they're really have some initiatives where they have really jumped out. In, in this area that we're talking about. Yeah, you bet. And, um, you know, is that I, coming I think from ownership? People... I'm just wondering, is that, is that coming from ownership or, or is sure. It... A, a lot of it is driven, is driven from the top. Absolutely. Because, you know, in order to grow, you do have to change, right? If you don't change anything, you'll just remain the same. And while that's great in some facets, we always want to become bigger, become better, right, uh, right. you know, gain new collectors and reach a new audience. So, yeah, of course, it comes from the top, but the people that are here, my coworkers, those of us who work at Tops, I think that there's a really cool culture here where we're all kind of wondering, what, well, what's next? What can we do to keep this alive and keep this thriving? So there's a lot of innovation that kind of goes on here just behind closed doors. It's, it's really cool to witness. And I work with some great people, but, um, you know, the mindset is really great. It's always forward thinking. I've, you know, I've, theories of business from being a business guy i'm retired now but i just think back and i think our company had low turnover i think tops back in the day had low turnover and if your turnover is too low you don't get those fresh ideas of coming people coming in from the outside and it seems like tops 20 or 30 years ago didn't have as much turnover now they have a healthy and appropriate amount of turnover. They're bringing in people, and and uh, and perhaps the the other companies are doing that as well. But uh, especially when things are moving fast, you you know people that just do the same job they've always done. I, I'm not sure that cuts it anymore. Yeah, you know you're you're so right, Jim, and and it's cool because while I do, you know, I'm surrounded by the same faces every day. There is so much more cross functionality now. You know, you're no longer Good. siloed into wh what well, you're, you're supposed to be doing that, every yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, you're really working across the company. And, and I think that exposure helps too, just being exposed to, Absolutely. you know, even with the, the brands themselves, n- not just baseball, not just Star Wars, not just WWE, but then you have GPK in the mix and you have UFC mm. and of course all the properties the digital guys work with. And, you know, that exposure I think can only help because it builds new ideas. And when you bring new people into the mix, they have different visions and, and different perspectives and growth can and change can can only help your growth. Well, it's it, there. There are new perspectives and new ideas, but they're kind of legacy. Uh, not necessarily sports is garbage pails, not a sport. But but you ha- you have you have history in the delivery of some very interesting niche products, where the niches <laughs> got bigger and and are very well developed by Topps. So this. This, it's a generational thing. You have now cards in the present iteration that are similar to the cards that their fathers or maybe not grandfathers, but, uh, that, that were, were done decades ago and with a, with the new technology. I think that's cool. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's great. I, um, I was actually home with, with my dad this past weekend, who's, you know, he was a card collector when he was younger. Mm -hmm. And I took home just a couple of, um, I think I found some museum collection, uh, relic cards because I was looking through Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. So I was looking for some CC Sabathia cards in my collection because, you know, he's, he's pretty much retired now and and had an amazing career. And the difference between the cards, uh, in my dad's binder, the, you know, the old school foil, gold foil and the ones, I, you know, I bring home, which are crisp and clean. And I mean, it's unbelievable. Of course, his are, um, you know, decades old at this point, but you know, he too can't get over just the way that tops has evolved into, into this card, you know, company and, and the different technologies we use from chrome to acetate you know like clearly authentic baseball there's so many ways that you can keep your product the same and keep producing baseball cards or trading cards but continue to evolve the way that you do so it. i don't think you're going to run out of ideas uh, there's a lot going on in the industry there's all these different sports and then even the non-sport or the you know the uh, secondary tertiary sports there's there's just a lot of creativity going and uh, the, the beauty of it is that collectors uh, vote with their dollars, as well as uh, I'm just wondering how much you have to monitor uh, social media because they don't just vote with their dollars. They're very expressive about their ideas. You know, what, are you getting feedback that's constructive or, are you, you know, how, how does that go? It could be praise, but it. You know, are you getting, I mean, how close, how much time do you have to spend listening as opposed to putting out the message? Are you having to put out fires or trying to uh, uh, encourage expression? What, what's, what, what uh, part of your job, uh, how, how does that fall out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's no such thing as bad feedback. And while social media is a really interesting place because it does give a voice to some people who, you know, might just sit behind their keyboards and type away and yell into the void that's social media, it, it's all feedback. And, 
Um, surely there's louder voices that dominate the conversation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they represent the majority. And so what's really important, I feel, on social media is to make sure you're listening to the little conversations, not just the loudest voice in the room, but all of the conversations that are happening in the room. The feedback has been great. And what's really encouraging to me is how much the guys here at Tops, the guys and gals here at Tops, uh, really value the opinions of those on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all the various social media platforms. Um, you know, even for example, they, uh, they asked me to reach out on social media and get some collectors feedback for who they want to see in Allen and Ginter, for example. And they went through every reply and comment and really took, uh, you know, the brand managers, I, I say, they, they took to heart uh, what everyone was saying, the submissions, who they wanted to see in Allen and Ginter. And it was encouraging for me to see how important those voices were to the brand managers here at Tops. It was um, really cool. And uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's a interesting place, social media, but I love it. I think all it does is really bridge people together. And that's great. You know, that's great for the hobby too. a way that you can connect with someone and share your collection or trade with them. It can all happen on social media now. I'm always surprised, and maybe it's my age, but I'm surprised even in this visual medium, you know, how much YouTube is out there as a, as sure. a social media uh, gathering and, and platform, as opposed to, uh, you know, some of the, some of the others. I mean, I realize you know Facebook and and Instagram are heavily visual as well, but. You know, if you're watching YouTube, it seems like you can't be doing your work <laughs> if you're somebody that's working, making widgets someplace. So just curious, again, it's a very visual and uh, tangible industry, but there's a lot of YouTube uh, stuff out there. And so do you, along those lines, do you have to, do you have to watch a bunch of these YouTube things? It's hard to do two things at once when one of them is... <laughs> Watching, All right, you uh, you caught me, Jim. I, I will admit that I found myself on YouTube a little too much today and uh, didn't I check a couple not, of emails. Not policing that, but I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's very engrossing. And no, it, you're you're uh, so right. And it's got to be part of your job to to keep track of that. But you, it's hard to uh, summarize it. You know, when I, I found one of the reasons I do shorter shows is I don't have to worry too much about show notes because. But if you've got an hour-long YouTube show and there's a golden nugget in there somewhere, just tell me where the nugget is. Is it the 27th minute? <laughs> and you're, I want the so nugget. Right. That's, that's how I got to get, 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 get 60 minutes to find the nugget. So you, you're, you're, I'm retired, though. You're, 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 you're in the thick of it. So any tips for how, how you're able to uh, sweep through the various uh, digital things out there and and excerpt or extract the the, the key key points. Sure, that's a it's a great question, and, and you're so right. I mean, YouTube, uh, you could sit on there for hours. <laughs> you really could. Um, it's funny you actually asked this because today I was watching a, a YouTube video of um, case breakers who yeah. were, uh, I believe they were pulling uh, tops triple threads since that recently, yeah. uh, you know, was released. And so yeah. it, I was lucky enough that someone had actually commented on the video saying, oh, you know, you got to go to minute 
21, yep, 33 yep. or whatever. And, you know, someone actually called it out. And then, you know, I scrolled over there and saw the hit and saw it being pulled and unboxed and everything. But I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, without those, like you say, the show notes or maybe the tips of where exactly it lives, it's hard and you have to scrub through the whole thing. But um, YouTube itself is so great, especially for unboxing and, and case yeah, breakers. Absolutely. You really feel like you're just part of the action and, and, and watching someone rip open packs. I mean, it's, it's great. It's awesome. It's really a great, great tool for just connecting people. And like you said, Jim, it's so visual, which really lends itself well to, of course, trading cards and opening them up, ripping open packs and having people tune in. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, the way I look at it, it's friends and new friends. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, uh, virtual, I mean, people sometimes don't understand that you can be friends with somebody you've never met in real life, <laughs> but you have a shared experience and, uh, and a shared love of the, uh, perhaps the sport, the brand, the cards, uh, your, your favorite players. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a rush. It's, and again, tops as much as any company knows that, 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 that this has stood the test of time. Uh, something that that really is timeless the the enjoyment of of uh just having having cards and uh absolutely in and, touch and with your with your heroes sure sure and you know w with this newfound age of technology the way that we're able to not only digest but enjoy this hobby that you might look at as being older but really it's it's been brought to the 21st century and you know, being able to go online, whether that's social media or a forum or a website and, and saying, Hey, this is, this is for trade. I'm looking for this and you can complete sets this way. I mean, it's, it's really, I think it's only helped the hobby because it's made, um, trading and collecting so much more accessible to so many people to be able to interact with one another. Emily, I think we're going to, I'm going to ask you one more question. Then we're going to, I think, uh, have to come back and do another interview at some point because I try to keep sure. the episodes to 15 minutes. But mm -hmm. I, I do, ha I do, you know, I'm retired, but I do a lot of meetings with younger people who are wondering about what they're going to do, whether they're in college or in their 20s and things like that. And it just seems to me a lot of people would like your job. <laughs> and I'm wondering what, what training you would advise somebody to be not necessarily in sports cards, but just being a, you know, in, in communications. I, I know there are college communications degrees and they're probably more heavy on, uh, on digital than they would have been uh, 10 or 15 years ago. But uh, is it something that people are going to pick up in school or is it just in their own experience or do they need a, an internship? I mean, what's the best advice you could give a, a young 20 something for, wanting to move into, into follow sort of in your footsteps in some, because I think companies need a lot of help. And I, I don't sure. know that they're, especially older companies and smaller companies don't always know that they need a person for this. But um, any advice for younger people who are thinking about Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and I do, Jim, feel so fortunate to be in the position that I'm in because not only do I love sports and I love entertainment and I love trading cards, but I get to meet people such as yourself and all of the other people I've talked to and met in the hobby that really have a passion for this. And 
I really think my best advice is to when when you are out there searching for jobs, landing a job, sure. But I was fortunate to, enough to have a few bosses during my the early stages of my career that I was mentored by. So it wasn't just a, hey, do this and do that. But I really learned a lot from my bosses and the people that I look up to to say, hey, I, I want to be in your shoes one day. So uh, I, again, I was super fortunate to have um, some really great bosses. And, and I have a great boss right now, Wendy Friedman, our director of marketing. She's an amazing person and uh, is really great to work with. And so I've just been fortunate to really cultivate some great relationships with my bosses and be able to learn from them and use it as a mentorship more than anything. Uh, uh, listeners, that's wise advice from someone who's uh, <laughs> in the thick of it right now. And I'm, I'm the old guy. So I, I, I affirm what Emily is saying. I, I think Topps is a, is a, is a it's been a great company for a long time, a lot of great people, and Emily's just, just, again, affirming that opinion as well. So thanks, Emily. I definitely want to have you back uh, to talk a little bit more about what's going on at Tops. But again, thanks, listeners. Thanks, Emily. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode.